to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today, we're going to talk about Orbis International and the partnership between Orbis and Baja Enterprises. And to do that, I brought with me today Linda Smallwood. How you doing, Linda? Hello, good morning, Ray. I'm doing well. All right. I got Kyle Lewis. How you doing, Kyle? I'm blessed to be on this side of the grass, Ray. Thanks for having me back here. All right. No problem. Well, Linda, I want to start with you, Linda. Could you um, tell us your role here at Bosman and how long you've been here? Sure. Um, I'm the Orbis manager, mm-hmm. and I've been here at Bosma six years working in partnership with Orbis. All right. Sounds good. And Cal, can you tell us how long you've been here and working at Bosma? I've been here for just shy of a decade, and I've spent the last year as project coordinator for Orbis. Okay, and everything's going good? I'm enjoying it. All right. All right, so I want, like I said, I wanted to talk about Orbis International and learn a little bit more about Orbis and um, their mission and how Bob Enterprises and Orbis' mission kind of ties in together. So, um, Linda, I'm going to start with you. Uh, could you tell us about Orbis International? Sure. Uh, Orbis International is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to the elimination of preventable and treatable blindness. Um, particularly in low and middle income countries where the vast majority of people with those conditions live. Uh, For example, cataract is actually the leading cause of blindness worldwide, and yet it's a very treatable condition, and it certainly would be treated um, here in the U.S. within uh, a short period of time after it develops. Um, But it all started for Orvis back with an ophthalmologist named Dr. David Payton, Uh, who had traveled internationally as an ophthalmologist, and he recognized that there was a lack of eye care and ophthalmic teaching uh, in developing nations, and that was also the place where blindness was the most uh, widespread. And he wanted to do something to close that gap and deliver eye care training around the world. So as a result, in 1982, Orvis launched the first mobile teaching hospital on board a DC-8 aircraft. And then over the years, they've expanded their work. Um, They still keep a focus on teaching and training to build the capacities of the local doctors and the entire eye health care team. But they also work expanding patient access to eye health care in partnership with governments, foundations, corporations, and other non-governmental organizations because uh, access to that care is also a very big issue in some of those countries where Orvis works. Um, And they're still probably best known for their mobile teaching hospital, which is now called the Flying Eye Hospital. Uh, And Orvis currently is flying an MD-10 aircraft, which was originally a cargo plane, and then FedEx donated it to Orvis. Orvis turned around then and converted it into a very state-of-the-art teaching eye hospital. Okay, so Orvis is like a not-for-profit really whose mission is to prevent treatable blindness around the world. Correct. Primarily in those third world countries. Right. Okay, that's great. So it's kind of like Doctors Without Borders in a sense. It is, uh, with a focus on ophthalmology and eye care. Okay, that's good, that's good. So you talked about the Flying Eye Hospital, and I wanted to turn this over to you, Kyle. Can you talk to me about the Flying Eye Hospital? The Flying Eye Hospital is a really exciting uh, piece of equipment. So it's a Top of the plane, the front, behind the cockpit, they've got their learning facility. It seats about 50 people. They've got state-of-the-art 3D modeling and televisions, and they typically would lose a, they'll live stream surgeries and go over surgeries with a nurse staff and, and a doctor staff, uh, where they have the opportunity to ask questions and to, uh, to learn. And that's where they do most of their teaching is right there at the front of the plane. 
Uh, then down, the rest of the plane is dedicated to actual treatment because they do perform surgeries on the plane. They've got a surgical room, they've got a laser room, they've got a pre-op and a post-op room. Uh, they have their own sterilization equipment and a sterilization room, as well as having an area dedicated to simulations and trainings, uh, separate from the classroom, so where they actually can do hands-on training with mannequins and simulated devices to give people repetition, which is probably the most important thing when you can do anything in life. Uh, and I have to imagine that eye care is very similar. In addition to that, they have uh, their own, they, the plane is equipped with its own air conditioning units that come out of the plane uh, and turned on during uh, the, the programs, as well as generators and things of that nature. So it's truly a, a mobile facility that at any point it touches down can be turned into a hospital. That's, that's neat right there. That's, that plan has a lot of pieces and moving parts to it, so that's definitely Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Well, they have to do all that when they touch down. And a very dedicated staff that's good at their jobs. Okay, I'm glad you talked about the staff because I wanted to turn it back over to you, Linda, and talk about the doctors and the uh, nurses and volunteers that make this all possible. Could you... Sure. Couldn't do it without all of those people. Um, there's a small staff of Orbis doctors, nurses, and other staff members, and they work very hard well in advance, more than a year ahead of time, um, and planning out the program, where they're going to be, what they're going to teach, uh, what that focus is going to be. Um, when they are going out on a program, they actually have volunteer pilots. Most of them come from FedEx, and they will fly the plane into the country where Orbis is working and land it at the airport. And then the Orbis team will work very closely with the local doctors and nurses and eye health care team to bring patients on board. Um, and they have volunteer surgeons who will donate their time to come and teach and train in all the various aspects of um, eye care. So they will do all of the subspecialty areas, not just cataract, but they'll do retina, glaucoma, um, you know, any of the different subspecialties of ophthalmology. And they... They really tailor each program based on what the needs are locally mm -hmm. and what, what the, the needs would be that, that they need to teach and focus on. Um, the programs last usually two to three weeks and they will cover more than one subspecialty area during that time. And so they'll have more than one volunteer surgeon coming in doing teaching and, and training and doing surgeries um, in order to build the capacity of the local doctors. Orbis is main focus is really not just to come in and do surgeries and do as many as you can and leave. Um, there are some organizations who take that approach. Uh, Orbis's approach is really uh, working to train and build the capacity of the local eye health care team so that when Orbis leaves, then um, those doctors and nurses and team can all continue the care of those patients uh, long after Orbis is gone. And one very unique feature about Orbis is the fact that even after the plane leaves, um, Orbis can stay connected with them um, through their uh, telemedicine platform called CyberSight. Yes. And that allows them to stay connected and provide ongoing support to all of those people that they worked with during a program, as well as to reach out to places where the plane can't go. So you kind of, you touched on this uh, briefly, uh, you said they have a great partnership with FedEx. Mm -hmm. So they FedEx, um, actually, did they donate the plane as well? Yep, they donated the um, D-10 aircraft. They mm -hmm. donate free shipping for all of the supplies um, that get sent out um, to do those programs. Like I said, they have volunteer pilots. Um, they help with maintenance checks. They do a really a lot as, you know, regarding the... Um, 
the plane and supporting that to keep it flying. And they do a lot of internationally as well, parking the plane. A lot of times it's parked at a, a FedEx uh, location uh, when it's over in a third world country. And that's where they'll actually, their base of operations will be during that program. So um, what is uh, our role here at Bob Enterprises uh, with Orbis? How do we support Orbis's mission? Uh, so our role here is we're supply chain management or part of the supply chain management team for Orbis International. Okay. Um, but how our missions line up is, I mean, anyone who knows Bosma can you know, figure out that Bosma and Orbis are very closely related in their goals. While Orbis is on the front lines trying to prevent eye disease, we're on the, uh, the back end trying to help people who have eye disease that can't be treated learn to work, learn to get jobs, learn to do their everyday skills. So really it's a fantastic tandem. And if Orbis is 100% successful, we might go out of business actually. <laughs> we might run out of people to handle. Uh, but the two really have this energy and they fuse together perfectly well. Um, in addition to that, as a person with visual impairment myself, working for Orbis is particularly rewarding to me knowing that the effort that I'm putting forth on a daily basis is going to make someone else's life easier and better. Uh, is really, it's very rewarding for me personally. Good. So how many supplies are needed? I know I've been back to Orbis and you guys had the skids and skids of supplies. So um, like, what's the average of supplies that are needed for a trip overseas? Well, we usually send between five and seven pallets. And when I say pallet, I'm talking about your typical four by four pallet. Uh, we have car large cardboard shippers, we sit on top of that, that are about six foot tall. And we will have those packed full with all kinds of medical supplies, you know, gowns, drapes, eye drops, sutures, um, including non-medical supplies that they might need, um, printer ink or other things for the plane. Sometimes we even send them uh, aircraft parts if there's something that needs to go out. Uh, we will send that to them. Um, and we've sent as many as 10 uh, shippers before. So it can be very large um, shipments. Um, Oftentimes we will try to send them enough supplies to last for two programs, which I said, you know, those can be um, two to three week programs. So you're looking at as many as six weeks of supplies that we're trying to send out to them. And the plane has to be prepared, like every hospital, for things that you can't be prepared for, things you can't predict. So there's a lot of supplies that we send that they may not need for a surgery per se, but they have to have a crash cart that's set up. They have to have everything covered for the worst case scenario as well, or even just regular complications that occur normally. Um, while it's easy in a hospital when a, a complication occurs to run and go get what you need, the plane has to bring everything that they have with them. So they don't have that option of running next door to the other surgery room and grabbing the suture that they don't have. Um, so the, the amount of items typically is a lot. Uh, and I believe from my experience here, the average pallets tend to weigh between seven and 900 pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, on the on the high end, uh, so mm -hmm. thousands of pounds of materials a year. That's great. So right now we are all experiencing this global pandemic. So is Orbis still able to carry out their mission right now uh, with everything going on? Right. So because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, Orbis made the decision earlier this year to postpone the flying eye hospital programs that they had planned, mm -hmm. uh, including they were going to go to Zambia, Cameroon, Mongolia, and India. And all of those programs have been um, postponed and they're not going to take place this year. Um, but even though the Flying Eye Hospital itself is temporarily grounded, they haven't stopped carrying out their mission. Um, fortunately, Orbis already had 
the established telemedicine platform CyberSite that I mentioned earlier, and that allows them a way to stay connected. So they were able to work quickly uh, and very hard to transition into basically a virtual flying eye hospital training program. And so back in June, they launched the inaugural virtual program uh, that they designed for the eye care professionals in Zambia, where they were going to be. And uh, those doctors were able to receive training through a, a curriculum that they had designed specifically for them with um, some learning modules that they could take online. Um, they had recorded lectures they could watch, and they also had some live lectures where they could actually um, sit down um, like on a Zoom meeting that people might be familiar with and kind of have a face-to-face -face with some of the volunteer surgeons that were going to be teaching and training them and uh, ask questions and talk about um, some of the things that they were learning, maybe some of their challenges that they were facing. Um, so they were able to do that and uh, do that for the doctors, the nurses, the biomeds, um, really everyone that was going to be part of their program. So that was a fantastic thing. In fact, uh, as a result of that, they've had record-breaking numbers um, of people going online with CyberSite because now, of course, uh, online training opportunities sure. have become so much more, um, uh, so much more of our focus right now. That's true. That's true. I, I do have a, a question. Uh, so, how does a um, so once they land in a um, foreign country, uh, one of these countries, how does individuals in that country hear about Orbis? So, how do they get connected if they're having a, the problem with their vision? That's a great question, Ray. Um, actually, I think they do some advertising and promotion, but they, Orbis really works with the local team, the doctors and nurses, and so they will identify who are their patients. Um, one of the nice things about CyberSide is they can actually send some of that case information to the doctor that's going to be the volunteer ahead of time, and they can kind of work through that and see who's going to be a good perhaps teaching case for them to do on board the plane. And they also do some of those surgeries in the local hospital, so they will have two operating rooms going on. Okay. Um, but the first day of every program is actually the screening day where they will bring in all of those patients and then that's where the final selection is made about who is going to be treated during that week. Well, thank you guys for you know, coming on the podcast today and giving us this great information about Orbis International. Uh, just really familiarizing ourselves and how Bob Enterprises have been partnering with Orbis for how long have we been partnering with Orbis? Uh, 11, 15 years, I think. About 15 years. 15 years, yeah. Yeah, so, kind yeah. of an interesting story that goes with that. Okay. Can you tell me the story? <laughs> sure. Um, our connection with Orbis actually started through Dr. Gene Helveston. Okay. He's the founder of pediatric ophthalmology down at the Indiana University Medical Center. And he's been a longtime Orbis volunteer who had volunteered back in the early days, back in the 80s. Um, and he also started the CyberSight telemedicine program. So working with Orbis, he knew that they had this need for someone to kind of help them with their medical supply chain. And he introduced uh, Orbis to Bosma. Uh, he knew about Bosma because, of course, he's you know been in practice here locally for over 30 years. And then also he had received the... 2005 Hasbro Award from Bosma. So he introduced us and um, things took off very quickly from there and we've been working with them ever since. 
definitely a great partnership. They're preventing blindness, and we're creating opportunities for people who are blind or visually impaired. So I definitely love it right now. But once again, I want to thank you, Linda. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on the podcast today. And if you guys want to learn more about Bosman Enterprises, please visit us at www.bosman.org. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all social media platforms. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.